Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're with Kimberly Jusen of 4th Street Bakery in Lexington, Texas. This bakery receives rave reviews from everyone who's been there, and I'm excited for Kimberly to share her story today. She's talking about how she became an accidental baker and also part of a carrot cake explosion, if you will, selling over half a million pieces of carrot cake, and also her gradual transition into rural life. She's also sharing about what it means to make everything with love and how to keep going when the unexpected happens. So here we go with Kimberly Justin. Well, we're here today with Kimberly Justin of Fourth Street Bakery in Lexington, Texas. Kimberly, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming. This is exciting. Oh, man. Just to set this up, like, we walked in the door and she had fresh blueberry muffins for us, warm, out of the oven. Coffee that was made special for her bakery by someone local. And she's just given us the best treatment. So, well, tell us about you. Has Lexington always been your home? No, absolutely not. I, uh, I'm from California, which I'm probably not supposed to say, but I lived there for 29 years, and then I lived in Austin for, you know, I don't know, a really, really long time, and I've been here 10. I've been in Texas for 25 years, so Austin, whatever that is, 15 years in Austin, too? So Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. About 10. I've been here about 10 years. And is it true you came from a long line of bakers? Not professional bakers, oh, okay. but, but people that love baking. Yeah. I think I'm probably the first professional baker, but I'm sure they would all love to be professional bakers. Oh, you know? that's cool. But right. it's something you grew up around and it was just part of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of aunts and, and grandmas and they all like to do this stuff. Christmas was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So was this your first bakery, 4th Street Bakery? My first retail bakery. Okay. Yeah, I did a wholesale baking for years and years in Austin. That's what I did in Austin. But okay. yeah, this is the first retail experience. And it was a it was a learn by doing wow. Yeah. So we should probably take a step back and just say, how did you start baking more professionally? Like how far back do you want to go? <laughs> uh, um, I moved to uh, sort of mid Northern California in my 20s and I was going to junior college. So I got a job at a bakery on the counter. Uh, and then one one of their bakers, they did all their own baking uh, at a different location, and one of their bakers got pregnant, and they needed someone to fill in. And I'm like, oh, pick me, you know, I'll do it. Yeah. And I started baking there, and I uh, fell in love with it, and that's how I started baking, just doing that. Wow. Yeah. And then I moved here, and uh, I got a job for the very um, the very first Whole Foods had Martin Brothers inside of it, and that was their deli stuff was from yeah. Martin Brothers. So I worked for Martin Brothers and their little commissary, and I did that. So we, we I helped make the food for the deli part of the very first Whole Foods, the one that flooded out all the time. And then from there, I, I helped. Uh, I worked at their, their kitchens on the brand-new giant Whole Foods that they were building. And uh, from there, I got a job making, like, these hippie cookies with a man named Ronnie, whose last name was Baker. Uh, <laughs> and it was wonderful. So that was fun. And in and exchange, and he was unable to give me a raise. So... In exchange for a raise, he gave me a day at his commissary bakery. So that's when I started doing the, the carrot cakes awesome. for Thundercloud Subs. And that's so anyway, that's the story. It was never like, you know, when I grow up, 
I'm going to be a professional baker. Yeah. <laughs> I just sort of walked into it. I know, love that. And climbed up the mountain. So it started with carrot cake. The baking part, I yeah. guess. The professional baking part. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even that was, that's got its own long, long story. So my partner, Toby's mom, made a really mean carrot cake. And he had never had it before, so he loved it. So she would make it for him every once in a while. And he managed the thundercloud sets. So she, he had her make them one at a time. And he would sell them by the piece at his, at his little thundercloud location. And a couple other shops agreed to take them. And then the health department said, mm, sorry, you can't do that at home. So in the meantime, I was working at, at, for Martin Brothers, and I found a space that she could go in and work professionally in if she wanted to in the evenings and go in and make her carrot cake. And she just was not, just not having it. She wasn't going to do it. So uh, I let it sit. I just thought, wow, that's a great opportunity, you know. So I let it sit, and I let it sit for a long, long time. Uh, and uh, I had a, a different sort of carrot cake recipe um, that I wanted to make. And uh, when I thought it had sat long enough, you know, that no one would be mad if I picked up the carrot cake. <laughs> yeah. And then it, right about that time, that's when Ronnie Baker gave me the space to work it in. So that's when I started making the carrot cakes because she just wasn't doing it, and the people were missing it. Um, and I did, so it was a little... There's a lot of family drama in that. <laughs> uh, and they still to this day swear that it was her recipe, but I swear, I promise you guys, it is not. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there we go. Let's air some more laundry. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, so the carrot cake took off, obviously, because, like, explain Thundercloud subs for for those of us who aren't from Texas, like that's a pretty big chain in Austin, right? It is. I think they have uh, something like 25, 26 shops in Austin and it's locally owned and operated by, by the most wonderful people. Please eat there. They're awesome. Um, and at the time, Austin was still small enough so that the managers, they're sort of autonomously managed more or less, not not like a chain. I don't know how to explain it, but um, so the, the managers could pick or choose whether they did or did not want to take the carrot cake. And, and uh, if it just grew and grew and grew and finally everybody took it, that was a, that was something because I would make them and then deliver them. And, and, uh, it was fun and interesting and difficult and, and uh, really cool. But to be the carrot cake lady was really, because I would make carrot cakes for people that were pregnant they would call me like oh as I you know gestated my baby on this and then they would call me when their kid with that same child was graduating and have me make that the, the graduation cake for them you know so that I was a, that. yeah that was a history too that's such a wake-up call when you're like what uh-huh. <laughs> he's 18 <laughs> I, I can't believe it so um so did it become full-time I mean that's a lot of carrot cake no it really wasn't full-time it was about three days a week okay um we tried other things. We tried chocolate chip cookies and, and cupcakes and all that stuff. But at the time, I really didn't need a full-time job. Um, so I want to know then how you went from the carrot cake. How did you expand from that? Did you start doing more wholesale? No, I never did anything beyond that. Okay, so okay, here we go. So <laughs> the backstory is Toby's sister moved out here and they got some property. And then his mother became very ill. And uh, so she was living out here, and on the weekends we would come out and spell them because they needed it. Sure. So that's how we came to know this little town and, and see it. And uh, uh, about the time that his 
mom passed away, the woman sold the space where I was baking, the commentary space. I shared oh, yeah. I shared it with like three or four different businesses in Austin. And at that time, that was the first real estate boom in Austin. And I couldn't, I literally could not find a place I could afford. So Toby saw this building when we were here watching Santa Claus come to town on the fire truck. And he said, you're going to rent that building. And I said, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he said, yeah, we're going to rent that building. I said, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. We're not living out here. I'm not living out here. And, and I said, I'm not going to make that commute. You know, it's an hour. But at the okay. time, it seemed like, it seemed, you know, incredibly like I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's a big commitment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not commuting an hour. And uh, so anyway, he rented it, needless to say, and, and I started working here and I drove Garchi. But I wouldn't make that commute because <laughs> it was an hour. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, so I started sleeping here. I had a little pink futon and he built me a shower on the back of the building and me and my little chihuahua dog, Olive, uh, just stayed here three or four days a week. So I'd make the carrot cakes and get them all together and get them cut. And I'd drive them into town and deliver them. Then I'd spend a couple nights at home, do my laundry and get it together, then do my shopping and come back out here. And eventually I just started staying out here more and more and more because it really got under my skin. But in the meantime, I never, it was just a wholesale business. It was just a place that I was working out sure. of. So I never like did anything with the community or anything, but I would yeah. work at that table over there and look at these windows and I would think these windows need people sitting in them. Look at these windows. They're amazing. They need people in them. And that's all I could think was these people needed, uh, the people need, people need to be in these windows. And, uh, so I tried it. I talked to the, uh, one of the, the higher ups at Thunderglad and she said, I said, how do you learn how to do this stuff? And she said, you just do it. So one, um, homecoming, I just did it. And uh, yeah, it was a thing. I wish you could see that. Maybe we could show you the pictures. We had one table, and I think we sold scones. Um, I made a pecan pie. We do pigs in a blanket, and maybe like three other things. And people came. And when I look at those pictures, I think, who would come here for this? Who would come here for these five little items? But they did. They came, and they came, and they came. And, and uh, it just grew and grew from there. I love so, that. Yeah, it was, it was a... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just did what I was told, I guess. I don't you know what I mean. Oh, all right. Did it, you know, doubting and dragging my feet the whole way. But, you know, those, those, those urges, you can't, you can't resist them when they're that, that big. I've got to do this. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Yeah, but it was meant to be. Yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So now you are only open on Fridays. I think that's such a great business model because it totally works for you and the community. But tell us about that. Well, there's a there's a million reasons. The original reasons are different. The, the original reasons is because I was doing the carrot cake. So that took three days of my life, and then I would show up and come back here and then only have a couple of days to get enough stuff together for the for the cases. And as the, the retail business grew, uh, it was really exhausting, or like really tearing me apart because it would take more and more time. Then we were open on Saturdays as well, and I was working seven days a week, like 12 hours a day, and just like couldn't figure out why I was cranky all the time. <laughs> like, why am I so angry? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and when I just uh, made the choice, I think. So, so the Friday thing had to do with really just time. It's all I had time for. And um, then I finally, last year, COVID year, I, I thought, you know, I just don't, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not in love with the carrot cake anymore. I really need to quit doing this carrot cake. And I went in and told them uh, that I wasn't going to do it. And it was, oh, so emotional because they're like my family. I love them. And they're wonderful. And um, uh, 
And then a week later, the whole world went on quarantine. So I wouldn't have been able to do the carrot cakes anyway. So how weird is that? I mean, wow. Right? I was really, like, doubting, like, that was a stupid thing to do. You <laughs> gave up the carrot cakes. Are you dumb? You know what I mean? Like, because even if, even if I used it... Um, like put a web address on it and use it just as advertising. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Cause it was in so many places and so many people ate it. We were selling like, I think I sold uh, over a half a million pieces of carrot cake. I think we did the math wow. one day. Yeah. About probably nine, six to 900 pieces a week, depending on the time of year. So. Wow. Yeah. So it turned out to be perfect timing. It was perfect timing. Uh, and so the reason we're still open just on Fridays is really a staffing thing anymore. I would do more, but, but I just can't find a, um, it, it, it takes a baker and I need a, I need another baker. You know, my, my counter girls are wonderful, but they're yeah. not bakers. So. Okay. Well, anyone listening? Great. <laughs> <laughs> talk to Kimberly. Need a baker. Also, I just want to say that there are only 1100 people in this town. And, and, uh, so there's. I think if we did too many more days, then it just would be a, it, it just, it would separate that same amount of money that we make on Friday over just, it would just take six days to make it, you know, what I mean? or five days to make it. I, yeah. I need to bring back Saturdays. And I really think a, a very early morning coffee limited menu thing for the, for the commuters would be just really the next step. But there's not, I don't know that this town is big enough to support a, a full-time bakery. You know what I mean? Yep. Love you guys. Seriously though. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> So on a Friday morning, just explain for us a little bit of what goes on here. Like, what is on the shelves? What's what's the atmosphere like? Oh, yeah, it's like the like the carnival is coming to town. You know, every <laughs> every time. So we, I get here. We get here at four. Uh, Tina Daffler, who works for me, and I. Four a.m. Four right? a.m. Yeah. Yes, and we start hand making this stuff, and we get it out. Then. Uh, uh, I get a teenager in at five and they start putting the cake. So um, the end case, the cold case will have, um, let's say chicken salad, salads and whatever um, sort of entree I've made for, for lunch. Uh, we keep uh, gluten-free lemon squares in there and whatever sort of cream pies that we might have like chocolate or coconut cream pie. The beverages are down there. Um, whatever needs refrigeration. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things we put in there last week even. I don't know. I just do what I feel. So there's never a menu. The, the things that stand, there's always cinnamon rolls. There's always pigs in a blanket. There's always some sort of fresh fruit and cream cheese, Danish. Um, uh, my focus is really on old, old fashioned. I don't do a lot of like trendy style decorating, which is wonderful and cute, but we just don't have time for that. And, I, and it's not my style anyway. We do more... Um, Oh, I don't know, coffee cakes and sort of European style things. And But we always have chocolate chip cookies. There's always snickerdoodles. There's some sort of bar cookie. There's usually shortbread, um, scones. Wow. That's all like crazy. Um, I'm trying to visualize it in my head. The muffins, we sell muffins. And I try and put something, you know, with whole wheat and a lot of gluten-free things in there just so that everybody gets a little something that they want. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess the biggest deal are the things we call them thingies because they've never had a name, but it's a um, it's a piece of French bread that's that's toasted, and it has uh, ham or turkey, uh, asparagus or mushrooms, and then a cheese sauce that we sort of grill over the top of it, sort of broil over the top of it, so it's in like an open faced sandwich, uh-huh. and that's probably the biggest the biggest draw are those things. We can't keep them in the case very long. Wow. Yeah. 
And the muffins, like, no joke, are the best muffins I've ever had. So <laughs> I can't that. even imagine what all the rest of this stuff <laughs> tastes like. So I would imagine people come in here on Fridays and stock up for the weekends. Does that happen a lot? Um, I think that... I think during during lockdown that was definitely happening. You know mm, what I mean. When everybody mm-hmm. was locked up, we we would have that because I, I think people were just so uh, so tired of cooking at home. You know what I mean. That's a big burden on everyone to have to do that three times a day for everybody. So we we had a lot of stocking up during that. But I think people know that we're here. They know what they want. We know our regulars so well. We you know we have them ready before they usually even walk through the door. We know, wow. you know, so and so's here. Grab his whatever and. It's just wonderful. I don't know. I don't yeah. explain it. So it just builds and builds. So we get the, the people on their way to school and they bring their kids and they get to pick their things. And I love, I love that. I love watching the kids pick their, their breakfast and I, uh, you know, their little heads press on the glass and, Aww. and, uh, watching them go from being held in their mom's arms to put down to growing up over the top of the case. It's just so cool. I love that. Yeah. And it's like the most bright, cheery, happy place. So just how it's decorated. It's very fun. You are very intentional about sourcing locally. So tell us a little more about that. Well, our coffee is, is roasted locally by Sam Anderson, um, and he's created a blend especially for the, for the bakery that I love. At home, I drink a, 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 a one that's called a mochacita that has this chocolate end note that's it, it's just unbelievable. His coffee is amazing. And, and to, uh, he's actually, I used to really like really dark, really burnt up coffee because that's what we're trained to, to like. But now that I, I understand that coffee doesn't have to be burnt up to be wonderful, uh, uh, his coffee is, is amazing. And he, he also sells it outside. Okay. Uh, on Friday mornings, you can get his bags of coffee. He stands outside and, and sells his coffee here. So Our honey. What's the blend the, called? Uh, Fourth Street Bakery blend. Perfect. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so people, it's, it's, it's important to me that we sell good coffee and this coffee is the best coffee I've ever had. Uh, so it's fun. It's so wonderful to, to, to get it from him, you know, on Friday mornings, he brings it to us before we about six 30 and, and we start grinding it to wow. use in the, in, in the espresso machine and the, so we have a different, he also roasts our espresso beans. So it's called Rosebud. It's wonderful. Um, the honey comes from Lico honey and I try and use it in several pieces, uh, whatever we're doing, the sticky buns, uh, are almost all, uh, honey. So you can really taste it. It's such a unique flavor. I've never had a honey like this either. And every batch, uh, every season is different. It tastes different. So that's wonderful to be able to use that too. And they, when they have jars for sale, we keep those for sale in here too. And, uh, she makes lip balm. That's wonderful. Um, eggs I get locally from whoever wants to bring them to me, and uh, 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 I try and get our vegetables and meat from a from a local farm called Taylor Farm, uh, but they're they're pretty busy doing um, farmers markets now, so I don't really see them very much anymore. But initially, we used a lot of their stuff, their herbs and vegetables and whatever I can get, yeah. whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah, that's great. Um, There's a dairy farmer around. I need you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Putting out the call. And everything's made homemade from scratch, from right? Sc- everything is made from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, wow. we have a famous story around here. One of our um, little ladies uh, asked me one day when I first started. She said, so do you get this from, you get this stuff from Sam's, right? And you just put it out. And uh, <laughs> there's like crickets. And you'd have to know, like, I'm known to have a temper and a mouth. And um, 
Yeah, some things. I'm very calm unless you you know you set me on fire, and that one just like, oh, like like you know a cartoon rabbit when they jump in the air and they make a siren noise. (laughs) That's 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 pretty much what happened to her. I went what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you get this from stage? I mean, she was like dead serious. She obviously had never tasted it. <laughs> Man. <sighs> well. Our, our first customer of the day is always Piggy Brown, who's, who's our, who's our I don't know, our touchstone, our cornerstone. So she comes in and sits right there. She's the queen of that table. And uh, then our local vet comes in after that, Dr. Tom, and he sits with her and they chat. And then all the kids come through and the moms, and then the moms start coming in, and then the ladies in town start coming in, and they all sit and uh it's fun to watch, just to watch the, the change. But when they're really, when the place is full and everyone is, is caffeinated and sugared up, you just can't believe that that is the, the moment that I know we're, that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, everyone is so happy and, and uh, you don't have to pay attention to the details of anything. You could just feel just how happy and, and, and uh, what content everyone is. And it's so loud and and wonderful, and it's it's really it really what makes it's what makes every Friday uh, worth it at four o'clock in the morning when we're standing here <laughs> like why are we doing this? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, yeah, it's, I I just want everyone to be able to see that, just feel that moment, you know that. Yeah. When it's it's just it's on autopilot and just doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. That's great. I so when I was doing my research for this interview, I was looking online. And I mean, just to read the reviews from here, it's amazing. Like, I hope that I know all of them. Oh my know. goodness. It was like the best review list I've ever seen. <laughs> Everyone loves your food. That's just amazing. So, obviously, you have, you're great at customer service because all these people, you know, not only are your, your goods amazing, they taste great, but from a customer service standpoint, you're obviously doing something right too. So, it's the, it's the reason we're here, and I don't mean to. I, I hate to sound like trite or, or ridiculous, but that, that's, what, why are we here if not for the people that come in? Who, what an honor! What an honor that someone would come in here and and eat something that I made with my hands. You don't know me, you know what I mean. You don't know what we do. You have no idea who we are, and you would come in here. It, it's such an honor, and that's that's what we 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 do. I just, I just can't, I don't know, I just love it. I just love to feed them. And I'm thinking about all of our customers when I'm making the food. Thinking, oh, you know, so-and-so would really love this, or I'm going to put a little of that in there because so-and-so loves that, and, uh, oh, you know, who's going to love these, you know. Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's so great. And the, the other thing is when I walk into a business and they don't um, acknowledge me, uh, I, I'm likely to walk out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'll give it a minute or two because I understand we're all busy and, and uh, customer service is weird, but but my girls are required we, we say hello good we say good morning to you when you walk through that door because our job here is to give you a good morning we want you to have a good morning and that's what we do is give you a good morning um so yeah we greet you when you walk through the door and if you don't you you get your little fanny chewed later <laughs> <sighs> you were we were talking before we were recording and you were talking about how you make everything with love and that that really is a real thing it, it, I'm only now discovering it because it sounds like it sounds like such a marketing tool you know what I mean like such a thing that we all say but um, 
I really do put a lot of energy and, and a lot of love into this food because it's my life's work and what, you know, if, if that's not where I'm putting it, where am I putting it? You know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of it to give and, and it needs to be in, it, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's how I'm not, I'm not people-y. I'm not good. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'll give a hug and I love people and all that stuff, but I'm not in my, in my private life. I'm not super people-y. And uh, this is how I connect with people. This is how you can know me. Here's yeah. a little piece of me in, in this right here, because yeah. I'm, I'm probably not going to talk to you when I'm not here. You know what I mean? I'm probably <laughs> just going to be hiding out at home. Um, you know, I'm not social. I don't go places. I don't do much, but uh, that's how I share myself. That's great. And you've created a very fun environment. You can tell that by the way that it's decorated, the, the bright colors on the wall. But you have to tell a story about your mixer and its name. How do you know that? I read it somewhere. Oh my Lord. <laughs> That's so funny. It's big, black, sexy. He's, uh, it's just a beautiful thing. I bought it um, used and I, I was talking to the people online and they had a red one and a black one. And I said, wow, the shiny black. Wow, that sounds that sounds really sexy, you know? And she's like, oh, this is the sexiest mixer. You have to have this mixer. <laughs> and uh, so uh, somehow through that conversation, we wound up calling him Big Black Sexy and like on the invoice, it says Big Black Sexy. And, <laughs> and um, so he's Big Black Sexy. I don't know. It's, it, and it, it's sort of a, it's another, you know, a, a cornerstone of the bakery. It's, look at it. It just sits there. Everything's green and pink and pastel. And then blam, there's this giant... <laughs> Shiny black mixer. It looks like a sports car parked in a Hello Kitty store. <laughs> That's an accurate description. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. But I feel like it just has this happy vibe here, and it's it's like it's contagious. So oh, good. yes, but I think that radiates through you too. So, <laughs> what have been some of the most important things that you learned in owning a business? Lord. Well, the biggest one was was uh, that you can't know you do, until you do it. Just, the just do it thing, and, and uh, you just open your doors is what she said to me, uh, Patty. She's a very wonderful woman. Anyway, that's what she said. She said you just open your door. So so you don't you can't know how to do this. So if you if you're you want to make a business, you're you're out there hemming and hawing and stomping around and walking in circles. Just, just do it. Just open your doors and do it, and that's how you're gonna learn. Uh, it, it does get easier. You get smarter. You get better. Um, uh, having employees is hard. It is. It is difficult. And now I understand the need for managers. Like if I had someone as a go-between, not that I don't love all my people. I really love them, but they take so much time and energy, uh, and it that it takes away from my creative energy. Like I just want to make stuff. I just want to be here making stuff. And, and so much of my time when they were here is spent making sure that they're doing things properly. So that that's another one is just how hard it is to have employees. Uh, no matter what, you know, you love them, but they're, oh, it's so difficult. And um, gosh, I'm sure there's a million other things. You, you, you need a lot of help. Ask for help because yikes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's unbelievably, there's so many, uh, there's so many aspects of owning your own business. Um, and please, please, please take a month off every year to shut it down and get away. Uh, and so that's what I do. We close in July. Um, and without that, I don't, I don't think I'd ever come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, yeah. I love you all, but yikes. yeah, I need that. I need that month off. So, uh, that's, 
I'm sure there's more, but right now I can't think of anything. Yeah, that's great. What on the flip side? What's the most rewarding part? Oh, that that moment, that moment when everyone is so happy, that moment when everyone is is completely satisfied and loving being here. Uh, the the girls are doing what they do on the counter. Everything is done. Um, uh, the the ladies are happy. The the noise level's unbearable, and I get a cup of coffee and get to sit down and just watch it. That that moment that we we have every Friday is is the best, right there. And there's also a moment at the end of the day when there's nothing left. Uh, are those days when there's nothing left? You've sold every single thing, and one more person comes in to buy something, and there's just nothing to buy. Yeah, uh, that's a great feeling too. Yeah, it's a really great feeling. I'm going to assume this, but maybe not. So have you since moved to Lexington? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you love about this community? What do I love about this community? What's I mean, really what's not to love about this community? Um, oh, gosh, I, I, can't, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. I, I love the sense of community. It's a really community place. It takes, it takes a while. You can't force your way in. It, uh, it just doesn't work. You have to let them come to you and, and just let it sort of happen organically. And what I love about this community is, is how much they really, really care about each other. Um, no one goes without. No one, uh, during the freeze, my pipes broke and uh, another local man who, uh, and husband and wife team that, that run a flower farm, 6G, but you need to go talk to them too. They're awesome. I've heard of, yes, okay. So she Heritage Farm. They're wonderful. Anyway, he he put out on on Facebook, I'll I'll come if you're, you're I will come and fix your plumbing if you're because uh, you know the, everyone's pipes are freezing. I'll come and fix it for free. Aww. And I was like, Rodney, help! And he came and spent you know all afternoon just fixing my my pipes. And and uh, I mean, how, who where where does that happen? Where does that happen? Everyone knows your dogs like uh, the. <laughs> My neighbors across the street just moved in from the country, and their dog is a—he's a wander guy. He's a wanderlust guy, and he—he's—they don't have a backyard yet. So the uh, at least twice a week, the the police officer will come with the dog in the back of the truck and just jump him <laughs> back off in the yard. You know what I mean? Everybody knows his name, and uh -huh. and I love that that part of it too. And watching the kids uh, grow up and watching them play on their bicycles and be outside. Uh, the people are great. They show up repeatedly, you know, and and. Uh, and they're appreciative and it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It really is for 1100 people. And you can know so many people, mm -hmm. you know, you can know everybody on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really? I mean, really know them. Yep. And there's another thing about being small and knowing everybody is you sort of accept everyone's weirdnesses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're not real judgy yes. about it. You're like, Oh yeah, he does that all the time. That's you know, Oh yeah. It's just, just the way she is. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Don't take it personally. It's just off street dogs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you don't like, you don't, you don't tiptoe around anybody. You're just like, nah. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> just go with it. For sure. Well, what's next for you in Fourth Street Bakery? Okay, so that's, this is this is the this is the part where you grab your tissue, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. No, um, my husband, part really my partner. He he died. Uh, and it's been many many years, but I, uh, it's been about seven years, going on seven years, but but. The, the plan I had in place with him was th this was going to be our retirement place. So he would work and my job was to, to build this business and make it a, a viable option for us to both have this little fun. And then he would come join me and cook the breakfast things and we were going to expand from there. Uh, and when he died, I, 
this is what I knew and this is what I was doing. So I kept doing it because I didn't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I'm literally just waking up, uh, and I just, just coming back alive, just coming into myself from whatever that deep, deep grief was of that. So I really honestly don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm starting to be able to see that, that, uh, there's something. There's something next. There is something next. But before it was, just, you know, just strictly survival. I knew it, and it was comfortable, and I loved it, and and uh, and it, it's something I could do without, you know, too much. I don't know distraction. I guess. So I really needed it, and mm-hmm. now I just. So now I don't know. I'm awake, and I, I'm, I feel more myself again, and and so uh, I don't have an answer for you just yet, but I know it's coming. I, don't, I probably m- more or like commuter mornings, like having coffee and, and a limited menu for people very very early in the morning, so that they can get their coffee here instead of going all the way to Mainer or wherever it is that you find a Starbucks. Because I'd like to keep that local, yeah, and figure out how to do things more. Um, you know, be able to order online and and find a way to run it out to them, and so they don't really have to get out of their cars and because people like that. Absolutely. So that'll be, that'll be next. Figuring it out. Yeah. One day at a time. Yeah. Well, how do we follow along and, and, and keep track of whatever it is that does come next? You, you got to come in on Friday mornings and see what happens. Make the trip. Make the trip <laughs> you, to You got to get here every Friday and see it, see it go down. Um, I don't know. I do. I don't really do a lot of social media. Again, it's a time-consuming thing that I yeah. that I would love to do, but I don't. I don't often don't have the energy at the end of a day. You know, I'm. I feel myself aging, and that's a weird. That's a weird feeling for me because I used to have boundless energy, and now I just. I don't. There's a limit to what I can do in a day, and I really, really hate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really hate it. So, um, so whatever I'm going to do, I need to do it quickly because I'm getting old fast. <laughs> it well, the right thing is gonna fall right into place for you. I just have a feeling it always does. Yeah, uh, I I do have a one of the things about what I went through with Toby dying was was the that it my my faith is unshakable through that. It has has uh, it it really has created an, an unshakable faith, and I know that that those are big words, and that's like hubris, and I don't mean it that way at all. I just mean I. I, I can say now it'll be just fine. And I know that it's going to be just fine. Even when I get flappy and scared and my stomach hurts and I'm all freaking out, it's, yeah. I just get, wait, it's always fine. It's always going to be fine. And that's a good place to be. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Kimberly, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for coming in. It's been wonderful. <laughs> I mean it. Well, I love Kimberly's story and how she's built this business and created something so special at 4th Street Bakery. I'm not kidding when I say that was the best blueberry muffin I've ever had. So please go give 4th Street Bakery some love on social media and stop by and see Kimberly next time you're in the Lexington, Texas area. Trust me, it is totally worth the trip. And since we're talking about baking today, I wanted to let you know Rural Revival is launching a farm-to-table cookbook this fall just in time for gift giving, and we want you to be a part of it. This cookbook will celebrate the long-held tradition of supper on the farm and shine a light on the farmers, ranchers, and local businesses who are preserving the farm-to-table tradition. I'll be taking your favorite recipes that you submit, along with my own favorite recipes, and putting them into this cookbook to create something special that we can all enjoy. 
Check out our website for more details or go to the show notes for a link where you can submit your recipes. Huge thanks to Kimberly for being on the podcast today. And thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody. Oh,